Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's a new season. It's a new show. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure you get out there. I mean, if you're going to get out the Great Lakes Dragway before the end of the year, this would, this would be the weekend to oh, do absolutely. it. It is absolutely gorgeous outside. Should be uh, nice again tomorrow and Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be nice. Uh, make sure you get out there uh, after you get your yard work done, perhaps, or maybe even before you get your uh, yard, yard work done this weekend. I'd say do it before. You do that, it before? Yeah. Yeah. You, you use the drags to, to knock the leaves out. That, of course, is Tony DeZeno from NBC Sports Online. Tony, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, it's weird. I, I don't know what the – I've got to remember the way to the studio. I haven't been in, haven't been in town you've in been, a while. You've been uh, – what's the song, Everywhere Man? You've been Everywhere Man. Yeah, yeah. I is mean, that Johnny Cash, I think? I do joke I'm a 40-something trapped in a 27-year-old body, so the Johnny Cash line is appropriate. Very good. Oh, it's good having you here. It's always fun having you in studio. Uh, of course, uh, Tony from Milwaukee, or Hills Corners, actually. Greenfield, Greenfield, same difference. You know, there's a story with Greenfield. Mitch might not know this. Alan Kowicki was a West Aren't there high school colors green? I know yep, that. Yep, green and white. Green Imagine and yellow. Imagine that, Greenfield. Green yeah. Same as uh, Milwaukee Hamilton, where I came from. Oh, it's weird. I'm in the midst of a Greenfield-Greendale war, you know, basically, because, you know, families from- Greendale's green and white, I think. Yes, green. green and white. Okay. What's Greenfield, and, then? I don't green know. Green and yellow. Green and yellow. Yeah, yeah. But like Milwaukee Hamilton. Sure. Greendale's the Panthers. Oh, I got Alan Kowicki's story here. So Alan Kowicki, 1992 Winston Cup champion. Uh, he was from West Dallas. Born and raised. Uh, went to Pius. Uh, grew up off uh, 76 in Greenfield, about three houses down. E, uh, south of Greenfield on the north, I'm sorry, east side of the street. And then uh, the family moved to about 97th and Morgan Avenue. But... He always put down Greenfield. Now, he lived in Greenfield before he went down south off of Cold Spring Road, off of 60th and Cold Spring. But he always put Greenfield down because, you know, Greenfield's nicer than West than the Stalis, as it's now called. But we, uh, those those of us who knew Alan was from West Dallas always got a kick out of that, that he put, would always put down Greenfield as his hometown. Uh, the uh, the always adjusting the hometown versus na- uh, native or however you birthplace hometown. There's always there's always a disconnect between how you want to be referred to and, and where you're actually from. Well, officially, I was born in Milwaukee because I was born at St. Joseph Hospital on the near north side. But I was raised until I was seven years old in West Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to the southwest side of Milwaukee. But, I mean, I consider both. I, I can go either or West Dallas. I mean. I still hold West Dallas affectionately in my heart. It makes one of us. <laughs> Stalis. Yeah. The Stalis, yes. Yeah. But it should be a fun show today. Uh, we'll be talking to Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio after a short break coming up here. And then uh, 
We'll be talking uh, what's going on at Martinsville. Uh, if you're a Jeff Gordon fan, this is a, a race you got to watch. It could be his last uh, cup race and probably his best chance this year subbing for Dale Earnhardt uh, Jr. to get a win. So this is this is it for uh, Jeff Gordon, and I think. Or, uh, or is it? I mean, you already yeah. mentioned Johnny Cash. We've got to. Right. Now we need to go with the Stones. This could be the last time. This could be the last time. Well, what if what if uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Know. doesn't get cleared next year? Which I'm not sure he will. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Sponsors, you know, it, it, let's admit it. It's not Rick Hendrick and 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 Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon sitting in a, in the lunchroom wondering who's going to drive the car. There's a lot of lawyers, PR reps, and and corporate people involved in that decision. Not to mention he sounds good on TV. I think he does. Yeah. So I'm still not used to the glasses. He, I just he can can't. always be you know in racing. It doesn't actually. I have thought to race. it was. He can uh, follow the action and. I, I I thought it was a little over the top when all through the broadcast they said Dale Earnhardt in the booth on the runner, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I should say. I mean, okay, that's fine. Right. But you don't, you know, when they do a football game, they don't say Dick Vermeil guesting in the booth today. Right. You know? At the same time, it is kind of sad that your biggest star, they got to promote that he's in the booth and not actually on the track. That That's, that's yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, we've gone through a year where we have Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr. both in the booth. Could you have imagined sitting here 12 months ago and that, and that would be the case? Right. No. No, you really couldn't. So. It's a head scratcher. Yeah. And then uh, if you want a drinking game this weekend, um, the drinking game is how many times they mentioned that they're coming from the biggest track on the circuit to the smallest track on the circuit. <laughs> yes, the 2.66-mile Talladega Super Speedway to the paperclip known as Martinsville Speedway, the half mile. Which they never refer to by its actual circuit length of 0.526 miles. Right. Of a mile, I should say. Right. It just uh, doesn't have the same allure. It's no. just, it's, it's easier to well, say paperclip. That, it's easier to think of the bad the bad uh, thing from Microsoft Office. Clip it, you know. Yeah. So. Oh, that thing. Yeah. So I forgot Brutal. about that. Yeah. See exactly. Yeah. Oh, why did you have to bring that up? Nineties kid, man. The it's a problem. Milwaukee mile is one mile. It's not one point oh nine five. I feel like point. they. I feel like they made it slightly more than a mile a number of years ago. Like when Cart redid all the track lengths. It's funny. I'm actually wearing my Road America sweatshirt, mm-hmm. which I think says four point oh four eight on it. Uh, but I think they they remeasured the mile like 1.032 or something, and, and, something like that. And for those who are wondering how they came with that, the old way of measuring a racetrack was one one car length in from the inside surf, surface, and then when Cart remeasured them, they measured it at the center mm-hmm. of the circuit. Came with a new timing and scoring system, right? In like the late nineties. Because it also it kind of screwed up the time. Screwed too. up a lot of times. Because, track records, right? Because. Uh, the IRL used a different timing when they first originally came back to Milwaukee in 05, and CART used the other one, and so it, CART had the higher miles per hour, so that's why the current track record at the Milwaukee Mile is held by Patrick Carpentier. Carpentier, the 184 or 5 inches? It's a real easy number, 185, 500, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's a real nice rounded number. Mm-hmm. That's nice. That's why I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. And let's not forget our friends at the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Centers. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. What we'll do is we'll take a quick break here, and uh, we'll talk to Tennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio. We'll talk more NASCAR coming up. Uh, we'll probably talk NASCAR through the end of the hour. Then we'll talk some IndyCar. There's some uh, information, silly season, whatnot. We'll get an update on that from Tony. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk uh, Formula One and uh, road racing with uh, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. So it should be a fun show. Looking forward to it. Uh, You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. 
in Union Grove, Wisconsin, and the aforementioned Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers on the web at milwcar.com. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. Com. And joining us just shortly will be Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Let's go over what we're dealing with with uh, Martinsville this weekend, Tony. Uh, <clears throat> known as six time for his six NASCAR Sprint Car Championships, Jimmy Johnson is four races away from potentially tying Hall of Fame Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty with record seventh Premier Series title. That's really good PR from NASCAR, isn't it? That's uh, that's a good way of spinning <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's what you came up. I mean, that that's the lead here. I'm like, really? I mean, no way. Written by like a. I guess yeah. I guess they have uh, interns from seventh grade writing this. I mean, I'm really surprised at that from NASCAR. <sighs> yeah, known as six time could, for could, his also, six. Could you, <laughs> could, could you imagine there being less buzz about the potential of a record tying championship? I feel like in past years there's been you know the drive for seven because year nobody after. thinks he's going to do it. That's yeah. why. Yeah, it's everybody like, knows it's going to be, be a, a Toyota. It's going to be Harvard. a Gibbs car, right? Yeah, or Logano perhaps, but but Logano is Logano. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he screwed it up last year. Oh really. man, I, it's so funny coming back to Martinsville, the scene of the crime one year later. Um, I mean, it's funny we've got SEMA next week, and that's where I'd actually bumped into SEMA. Yeah, the uh, the big uh, car automotive convention. I, I realize, yes, SEMA. You have to yes. be very careful yes. on the pronunciation of that. Uh, but I I got to catch up with Joey, like just you know, completely ignoring the PR. Speaking of PR guys, I mean, there's a PR guy I'd never met, and I said, "Hey, I'm wearing NBC. We kind of cover this, you know." Right. So, and I had the first interview with him after the whole him and Kenseth rebuttal, which was great. And he was not at all contritious. No, I mean it was like I don't yeah, think he realized how he big did much not he screwed realize, up. He did not realize the magnitude of what he did at Kansas. He really did. No, and now he comes back one year later with not even being the best Penske guy that's got a chance at it because Brad got bounced at, at Talladega. And we we see this with sports teams. Mm-hmm. We saw this in uh, Dennis. Is Dennis up here? Well, Dennis will be. Yes, sir. Dennis. I mean, I think with with Logano. I mean, the when when these athletes and or teams get into this position, they think it's automatically they're going to be back in this position. And I think of like teams like the '85 Bears. Well, they're they're we're, we'll be here next year. And '86 came and they lost to the Giants. And somewhat with the '96 Packers. I mean, they got to the Super Bowl next time. Pfft, Denver, <laughs> who's 13, Denver? 14 point favorites. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're going to kick their butts. And next thing you know, you know they're not back in the Super Bowl for another ten years. So I mean, it, it's. I don't think Logano understood how much he screwed up last year. Yeah, I don't think he did. And, you know, it just – can you imagine, though, turn back the clock, and whether you're talking IndyCar, could you imagine if A.J. Foyt took somebody out or in NASCAR if uh, Cale Yarbrough roughed someone up? Can you even – start to think that they would say anything like what we hear from our NASCAR guys of today. Oh, I should have been more sensitive about his feelings. <laughs> oh, I should have thought about that. 
I should have touched base with him on that. Oh, I should have sent him a text or a tweet apologizing for my actions. Where has racing gone? We used to have manly men racing in this sport. Now we're worried about hurting somebody's feelings. I mean, you you, but, you, you know, look at guys like Joe Weatherly and Curtis Turner. I don't I don't picture those guys doing that. No, they'd go and they'd beat you up behind the trailer. You know, that's the thing is it's you know we look at the sport now and I'm I, I just laugh. I'm like, man, if can you imagine? being there and watching an interview with Joey Logano in the company of Cale Yarbrough and watching his face just sort of scrunch up as he's getting more and more ticked off at what he's hearing. But yeah, Logano, you know, always assumed, Hey, I got a great car. I'm with a great team and I'm a great driver. I'll be here every year in contention and had this chip on his shoulder like a lot of young players in any sport. You know, they're, they're so great, they're so great, they're so great. Hey, we're going to go ahead and celebrate. You know, I'm reminded of the old Vince Lombardi line, you know, act like you've been there before, you know, is what he said to his guys who wanted to celebrate a touchdown. And I look at that same sort of uh, scenario for uh, Mr. Joey Logano. You know, if you're going to do an action like you did at Kansas, in this format, where ruining somebody's day like that is going to leave them an opening to get back at you, heck, the best thing that could happen for Logano is the fact that, you know, Kenseth's still in contention, because I think he'd just do it again for, for old time's sake here at Martinsville, just to have some fun with the kid. Dennis, I'd love to see just how Logano responds to it. I mean, you know, think about the pressure that he's probably under this year because he's up against the might of not just, you know, Harvick, who we pretty much figure is going to be in the Final Four, Jimmy Johnson, who's got a very good chance at it, and then the quartet of four Gibbs cars. I mean, really, Logano, he, Roger Penske wants another championship this year. This is his 50th anniversary season. He's already got the IndyCar one. I think he'd want to get the NASCAR one if, if possible in the same year. Do you think there's any chance that he, you know, that that pressure weighs on him uh, to because he knows he's not he's not really one of the favorites to get in the final four at this point. Well, he's had a good season to this point, and I don't know if I would say he's not a favorite to make it to the next round. Um, but if you look at the tracks that they're competing at the next three weeks, you got to figure Harvick's going to be really strong at both Martinsville and at Phoenix. So if he avoids any problem at Texas. He's going to be golden. You figure Jimmy Johnson's going to be strong at Martinsville, Texas, and Phoenix. So if he doesn't have a screw up along the way, he should be fine. So you look at some of these guys that are, you know, still in the chase. And, you know, if you look at the odds, you look at the, the statistics, you go ahead and you figure, you know, these guys are the, are the favored four maybe. But this isn't about racing anymore, guys. This is a roulette wheel spin. When you only have three races that decide going on to the next level, if you do not win to advance yourself here in this round, you're going to be subject to a pit road penalty, maybe a flat tire, maybe some other, you know, lesser talented driver spinning right in front of you. They've eliminated picking the best champion and he have gotten it to this point where it's almost like everybody gets a, a competition trophy now if they make the, the chase. 
the first two rounds are just survival. Now this round, if you don't win, it, if, you know, you could have the season of your life and you could have won 15 races up until this point. Now you go into these three races and eight guys are tied. This is the idiocy of the chase. If you want to have the chase and eliminate the bottom four, keep the points running through the whole chase. That way you reward guys that were consistent in the first six races of this thing. Now you get down to the final three races before you decide who's going to advance, and you've, you've dumbed racing down to basically placing your bet on a lottery ticket because so many things can go wrong. You know, that $59 part, they used to say like 59 cents, but it, there's nothing on the car, you, you know, not even a washer that's less than 59 bucks now. But that 59-cent washer slips, and you're going to be into the wall, and you've got the end of your day. Uh, and you could have had the, the most winning season. I mean, if you look at the format, you can literally win the first 30 races of the season, actually the first 32 races of the season, and you can have a flat tire at Martinsville with five laps to go, dooming yourself to a 30th place finish and eliminating your chance to advance unless you win one of the next two races. It's reduced racing to just a survival thing. And I guess if fans are happy with this because we're not seeing much action on the track, at least the chase talk and the elimination talk gives us something to talk about every week. What? Why did uh, Joe Gibbs blow up Martin Truex's uh, engine yet last week? <laughs> well, I'm not so sure it was, uh, you know, if we're going to get the tin foil hats on, let's really do it. Maybe it was NASCAR because they ran those mysterious bolts or tried to sneak them through qualifying. And now maybe NASCAR is going to have their finger on the button for Jimmy Johnson because they want only uh, Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt to have seven championships. This, the, the ridiculous thing is such weird things are happening in the sport. Having a conspiracy theory almost sounds normal now. I'd say blame Canada, Dennis. It must be because Cole Pern's a Canadian crew chief, and they can't have a Canadian crew chief winning a championship. It's it's, it's (laughs) possible that the NBC guys, unlike the Fox guys, did not say Cole Pern often enough. Remember the first half of the season when the Fox guys were averaging about eight Cole Pern mentions an hour during their race broadcast? Uh, Maybe it was a Cole Pern mention deficiency that led to the engine trouble. But this is, this is an example of what I mean. Martin Truex Jr. had the best car each and every week, all season long. And now his season is over. His chance to win a championship is over because of one dumb thing that happened it, that if it happened on race 10 of the season, doesn't impact him at all. How is that fair? How is that even, how is that for deciding a championship? If you've carried over the points from the first round of the chase, the round of 16, then he'll survive because he was strong enough in that section of the chase to go on. This is why resetting these points, while it looks good as far as making it a a close race every three races, is ridiculous when it comes to people with a racing soul that understand that in racing, it's different. If you win a race, great. You deserve to advance. I agree with that. But you don't deserve to advance because you finished 17th in every race, just like Kurt Busch basically did. 
Kurt Busch survived because he had less trouble than everybody else. Does that make him a champion, you know, contender, or should it make him a championship contender over a guy like Martin Truex Jr. who was out there hustling the car every week? No, it doesn't. But in their system, it does. I I have an issue. Maybe you and Tony can uh, talk me through this. Um, I can't listen to Jack and Alice anymore because all I do is look at his toupee now. I can't hear a thing he says. <laughs> what uh, what can I do to overcome my, my my issue with just staring at that thing? Uh, there is no help for you. If you're looking at Chad Knauss's uh, hair, uh, there is no help for you. I mean, it, it just, it, it, it's one of those things, it, it's... You become fixated on it. it one is. of those things that once you see it once, it, you can't unsee it. Right. So. I, that's all I look at. Yeah. I just, that's that's I'm like, like Dale Jr. with the glasses now. Right. It's like, I've, I've never known Dale Jr. with glasses. Now I cannot picture Dale Jr. without glasses because the Dale Jr. in the glasses era is the not driving Dale Jr. And, and that's and the era we're about black. to enter. So. They're black and big. Yeah. Well, he's Harry Carey now. Almost. <laughs> I think he should have went with the Harry yeah. Carey glasses myself. Yeah. Yeah, that would actually be a good look for him. Yeah, it is a little bit weird, but I think those are the same glasses that Hillary Clinton wore for her uh, congressional <laughs> testimony. Well, those might be those. Those. Uh, I think there are concussion glasses out there. Yep, they are exactly what those are, but. Uh, but no, getting back to uh, to the racing guys, let me ask you too a simple question: Take away the chase, remove this whole chase scenario. You know, all of the elimination rounds, all of this getting to the chase, all of this stuff. Eliminate all that. Has the racing on the track been great this year? That's the simple question. My opinion: No, it's been subpar. 2014 was fantastic. 2015 was not as good, and 2016 has been darn near awful some weeks. It's been unwatchable in the Xfinity series at times. Oh, yeah. And even at the cup level, Talladega, and nobody could pass. This was Talladega, and nobody could pass. And then you get Brian Scott in second place at the end of the race. He's never been in second place before, and a guy doesn't even make any move to try to win, these guys have lost all drive to go out there and win. And and I just don't get it. It's it, To me, the racing has been subpar, and all I hear people talking about is the chase and elimination and all of these formats. And who's going to win the championship? I don't give a blink in heck who wins the championship. What I care is to see great racing each and every week, and in my opinion, we aren't seeing it. It's been a tough year, Dennis, because not just the, the caliber of the racing, but there's been a lot of rain delays, too. I mean, yeah. we haven't had them. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, just the, the amount. And, and the, we have an interesting scenario that's popped up this week where um, I think it was Jeff Gluck from USA Today had it where NASCAR could look at moving start times up if rain's imminent. I think that was a piece out this week. Uh, and baseball did this earlier this this uh, with, I think, game two, I want to say, of the World Series in yep. Cleveland where they moved it up an hour. And naturally, they needed it because the games had been so slow. Uh, but, but that's a scenario where the the caliber of droning racing if it's not if it's not that exciting for three three and a half hours I mean that gets to a bigger root problem of 
if it's not if it's not the most interesting format and it's taking a long time, you know, that's what is hurting things. I mean, it's been it's admittedly been a tough year from a rating standpoint. Uh, going into these last three races, I last four or the last three before the the cutoff point at Phoenix, I'm more excited about Martinsville just because it is a short track, just because you know you have to move the bumper. But passing so difficult now that unless you you know if you get if you get hosed, if you get sent to the back, if you have a penalty on a pit stop, you're not recovering from it. The rules are such now, guys, that you can't gain an advantage. You used to be able to trick something out and find an advantage for a few weeks, and then another guy would trick something out, and the tires used to give away. So an aggressive driver early in the run would wear his stuff out, and so you'd see a guy who was more conservative and took care of his stuff at the beginning come on and make a big move at the end. We just don't see that nowadays. Now what we're seeing is very predictable racing, and in my opinion, the product itself on the track has gone way down. Well, there's a lot of changes coming up with the Xfinity Series, and we'll talk with that uh, with Dennis and Tony when we come back from uh, the break here. It's time now for a Sports Flash with Mitch Ross, and uh, you're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Make sure you get out there this weekend with this nice weather. Along with their friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Association, they can be found on the web at milwcar.com. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Association. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show. we got Mitch Ross behind the board, Tony DeZeno's in the studio with us, and we have Dennis Michelson on the blower. Dennis, before we go talk about the changes in the Xfinity series, uh, Talk to me about this commercial that's running on uh, TV now with the round of eight with the NASCAR. uh... Oh, my goodness. You know, I saw this for the first time today, and I was actually seeing some tweets about it saying how this is the greatest commercial ever and all this stuff. So I thought, okay, I'll watch this and see what I see if, you know, watching it again versus just seeing it on TV, you know, and I'm not really paying attention because uh, commercials come on, my brain turns off. But they've got these guys running through a forest. Okay? they got them running through a forest wearing their helmets and driver uniforms. And, of course, it's not even the real drivers. You can tell by the shape of some of these guys. And they're running through the forest, and they're getting on a boat. They're all cramming their way onto a little rowboat. And when I saw this, I said, what a great example of what is wrong with NASCAR today. Because when I got ready to watch my Chicago Cubs in the World Series, there's commercials playing that just get you juiced up because you see, you know, Rizzo taking one deep and then Kipnis hitting one deep and you see Miller striking a guy out. You see John Lester getting a K. And you're, they, they combine all this action of a very slow sport 
and make it seem like the most exciting thing on the planet. NFL does the same thing when they're touting their playoffs or their Super Bowl. And NASCAR shows guys running through a forest. (laughs) Is this not the biggest indictment of the crap we're seeing on the racetrack? And people hear me mouth off and they say, oh, well, you're just one of those guys that doesn't understand that racing is different the way it used to be. Hey, folks, I'm the same person that in 2014 was telling you that that season of racing was maybe the greatest season of racing in NASCAR history. And it didn't include Dale Earnhardt, the senior, because he's been gone for so many years. But it may have been the greatest year of racing that we have ever seen. So much excitement each and every week. So many great storylines. And then they took power away. 2015, eh, 2016, eh. and now we're, we're delegated, we're relegated to having men running through a forest wearing driver uniforms as the big commercial to get us fired up for the round of eight. If that's not the most ridiculously stupid thing that I have ever seen, well, this side of political commercials, it, it just is up there with it because it's an indictment of your sport when you're not showing any highlights of the sport itself. And, in fact, the only highlight they showed of the racing was some guy out fishing, streaming a few seconds of the finish of the race on his cell phone. So he's not even excited enough not to go fishing. So if that's not an indictment for NASCAR, and their product, when they can't put together enough highlights to do a commercial, it's just pathetic. What they needed to do is to show that these drivers are athletes and just show that shot of last week, I think it was, of Brendan Gaughan running through the paddock to his car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no problem with them showing guys running through the forest if they want to make some big, you know, theatrical experience that this is exciting and it's, you know, NASCAR green through the dark forest and all this stuff, but combine it with some highlights of action on the track. You know, when you see Joey Logano taking the lead, heading to the boat, show Joey Logano winning the doggone race. No, I want to see Brendan gone running. That's all I want to see. (laughs) Brendan gone running is, is pretty good. Yeah. That's, you know, Show me Brendan gone running. Show me uh, Morgan <laughs> Shepard roller skating, and I'll be happy. And Dick Turco smoking. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I'm sorry, guys. It's. It's just this commercial when I saw it, and people touting, "Oh, this is so excited! This got me excited for the race." What they're running through the forest well, at Martinsville. It proves one you know, thing. It, it, it proves one thing, Dennis. You're an old fogey. I am an old fogey. I'm, I'm set in my ways. I want to actually see highlights of the sport I'm going to watch to get me excited about the sport I'm going to watch. It is so old-fashioned. Tony, you're, you're, you're going to produce a, a promo for the upcoming race. What, what, are you going to show guys running through the forest? No. Okay. No, I'm going to – if it's a Martinsville highlight, I'm going to show the, the contact last year. I'm going to see the emotion yeah. pouring out of Jeff Gordon after he won it last year and the fact that this is his last race and the fact that there's a changing of the guard to whoever whoever it is. So, I would have promoted yeah, I would have promoted the, the Jeff Gordon thing. Promote this that could be, promote that once again. Once, once again, again, this could be once his again, last yeah. race. <laughs> so, because that wasn't on overkill right. enough last year, right. but I think now given the adverse 
circumstances of how we got back into it, then it would have it worked. There's so many things to hype about this race. Having eight, eight or 12 guys running through the forest dressed up looking <laughs> like NASCAR drivers, I guess it's Halloween. I mean, maybe it's, a, well maybe it's a metaphor. But... Dennis, maybe it's a metaphor. I mean, I think so. I, it has to be a metaphor. Like, you know, yeah, look, look at all these drivers racing through the trees, and the, if you hear them in the trees and there's no one there to watch it, you know, what, what does it say? So. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe that's it. it. I don't I don't know. Or it's a NASCAR green message I, with I mean, that, with that zombies with, with zombies. Yeah, with zombie like apocalypse zombies being of, on the rise uh, of Curtis Turner, Joe Weatherly, and drivers of the past chasing him. Right. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know, guys. I'm I am old fashioned. I I think that the racing product on the track should be enough to sell the racing product on the track. I know that is such a controversial and crazy idea. But, you know, all of we seem to have, right now in NASCAR racing, we seem to have an identity crisis. We don't realize we're racing. We're using terms like, you know, the Final Four and, you know, oh, yeah. the Championship it's the Four. The stick and ball envy they're, they're saying yeah. Championship Four because they don't want to get sued for saying Final Four. Right. I'm surprised they're not calling this whole excitement October Madness. You know, I, just, <laughs> I don't get it. You know, seeds for the playoffs and all this kind of stuff. It's like, come on. You know, oh, we have eight identical seeds going into Martinsville, I guess, is, is the way we're putting it. You know, I just I don't understand why we have to steal terminology from other sports because we've got the best darn sport out there. I would still watch a boring NASCAR race before I would watch a run-in-the-mill football game any day of the week. And I know I may not be in the, my, in the uh, majority there, but racing is the best sport on the planet. And until we get back to realizing that and promoting it as such, we're not going to get anywhere. IndyCar is doing a tremendous job of promoting their sport. And you've got some fantastic riders like, quite frankly, our present company, Tony Dezino and Robin Miller over at Racer, who are not afraid to say when somebody screwed up. When was the last time you saw a NASCAR media person take a critical look at what's going on with a NASCAR decision? You don't see it nowadays. Well, IndyCar, the they let you guys be honest, and the fans are starting to show back up because IndyCar is putting on one heck of a show. Well, in NASCAR, they put them in a burlap bag, they get picked up in a white van, and they're never seen again, but that's another story. Yeah, I think they, they apparently go to the Hillary Clinton method of uh, <laughs> getting rid of people that are critical of them. It's just, it's very... See, now, now, now uh, there's a car that's going to pull up to your, your house now. Oh, they know where you are, Dennis. Just, I got a black van with Daytona, you know, with a Daytona sticker in in, uh, in Florida plates that just seems to come through the neighborhood a lot. But, uh, you know, it's, it, here's the thing, guys. Nobody is a bigger NASCAR fan than me, and that's why I'm griping more and more this year, because what I see is embarrassing. It's not NASCAR. This is not the best racing on the planet. I love every kind of racing. I love dirt racing, drag strip stuff, road course racing, IndyCar NASCAR, heck, I'll even sit through a Formula One race, and I like MotoGP. I like any kind of racing is better than any other kind of stick and ball sport. But NASCAR was always my favorite because NASCAR was the one form of racing 
that you could always say, gee, I never saw that before. And lately, we're not getting to that point of, I've never seen that before. We're getting, gee, this is predictable again this week. And that's a shame. And, and sadly, the people within NASCAR don't see it. The folks in IndyCar saw it, and they made changes. And they've made this sport great again. Unfortunately, NASCAR is sliding the opposite direction. Their, their, their marketing is, is top-notch. They're doing all the good stuff, to, except for bringing in a new corporate sponsor for next year for the Cup Series, but we won't go there. Um, but maybe that is a sign that they can't get a company to sign up for the same amount of money that Sprint's been paying. Maybe that's the canary in the coal mine that tells you that there is something wrong with NASCAR racing right now. And I complain because I want to see it get great again. And it was only 2014 that was the best season that they ever had. So it's not like we're talking ancient history. We're talking a couple of years ago. Well, you've been listening to Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from Race Talk Radio. Dennis, uh, we're going to join. We're going to have you hold over for one more segment here because uh, the good news is there may be problems in Spring Cup, but the problems in the Xfinity Series have been solved. We will get to that in the next segment. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Association. They can be found on the web at milw. CAR.com. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 1057 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Association, found on the web at milwcar.com. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show. We got Mitch Ross, the mayor, behind the board. Guilty as charged. On, on the keyboards. We got Tony <laughs> DeZino in studio from on, NBC. On the guitar. Sports yeah. Online Motorsports. And on the blower, we have Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio. And Dennis, I'm when we. The bass, man. I'm playing the bass. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And the Xfinity Series, everything's, everything's everything should be great next year. Everything's fixed. Uh, starting next season, Premier <laughs> Series drivers with more than five years of full time experience will be eligible to compete in a maximum of 10 races in the Xfinity Series, and seven races in the Camping World Truck Series. Additionally, drivers with more than five years of full-time premier experience will be ineligible to compete in the final eight races of each series, as well as the Dash for Cash races, which nobody knows about the Dash for Cash. Nobody, whoever sold that sponsorship is, is brilliant because that is the biggest waste of money. I'm sorry, whoever bought that piece of crap. I mean, nobody, even people that follow NASCAR have no idea what this Dash for Cash. I went down there for Indianapolis. They're handing out all these dollar bills or Dash for Cash. So no, to be I, fair, there's more dollar bills than there were fans in the stands for that. Oh, it was just... Oh. Anyways, <laughs> I, I think they, they, they went into... They, we've been harping on this for a couple of years and uh, on this show, and there's two theory, there's two theories of thought and I can say, uh, working for the Milwaukee Mile back in the day, there was a uh, 
you needed to, to bring in some of the Cup fans to prop up the series. But, however, it, it's gotten to a point now where there's basically two classes of cars. I think Dennis and Tony will agree with me, especially with Kyle Busch Motorsports, what they've been doing, just decimating the series, turning it into a mockery. Finally, something had to be done. Attendance is down. It's just gotten really ugly. I mean, let's face it, the most entertaining races are the the, the, the standalone races, such as Iowa, um, Mid-Ohio. Mid-Ohio. Road America. Yeah, those those are, I mean, where you don't have these cup drivers coming in here and just stinking up the show. What says you, Dennis? Well, I don't know if it's so much the cup drivers stinking up the show as it is. They've raised the cost of these cars to an unbelievable level. And, of course, nobody wants to talk about that, but I think that's the bigger problem. Back in the day, and I'm only talking like 15, 20 years ago, uh, it only cost about a quarter of the cup budget to go run in the, uh, at that time, Bush Series and to run competitively. Now, if you want to do that same thing, it's almost 80% uh, to 85% of the budget if you want to be a winning team. And so what that's done is that it's eliminated uh, teams to be able to afford to do driver development. So they just put money drivers or cup guys in the seat because it's a good way to sell some associate sponsors for your cup program is to give them some, you know, races on the Xfinity or the truck. This is the Kyle Busch rule. That's all it is. Yep. Nobody else is stinking up the show. This is Kyle Busch, and this is the second time in his career that the lower the NASCARs had to react. They had to do it when he was 16 years old and winning truck races and uh, still had, you know, cigarette sponsorships at the tracks. So they had to change that to 18 minimum to run those races uh, because of Kyle Busch back in the day. And now he's dominating again, so they're having to change the rule. Until they change the cost of running these races and dumb down the technology on the cars and on the trucks. And the truck series doesn't doesn't deserve. They shouldn't be on a track greater than a mile anyway. This is a short track series, and they should be taking this as their representative of NASCAR touring to other smaller tracks for a fraction of what they're running for right now. They've really kind of hurt these series because they got away from the original intent of the series and have just turned it into cup light and cup truck light. I was talking to somebody who worked in the truck series uh, when they, when they first started and they would go into these smaller tracks. Um, there's, I'm having a brain fart. There's one in Ohio. They used to go to a little uh, bull ring. Columbus, Mansfield. 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 Yeah. Mansfield, Ohio. They would go in a couple, a couple of them in, in the Northwest. Up in uh, I seventy Odessa, right, and 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 uh, the old Flemington they went to New Jersey, they went to, and 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 it was, I mean, they would rock the town because it was huge. Here you got NASCAR coming into the small town; they would own the town. Well, I'll I'll say because growing up, I had the the NASCAR Racing nineteen ninety nine edition video game like Papyrus. Oh yeah, and as you got to go to all these extra tracks that you know your Myrtle Beach, your South Boston, your Hickories, your Mm -hmm. you know. And you go through the schedule, and you go to so many different places. That was, you know, yeah, it's another oval, but it's another another fun thing to do, and it, it just felt more more regional uh, in nature. The fact that it's it's grown to the, grown to this bigger level. I mean, okay, we've got the driver situation clarified, sort of first step. Now we need to get the schedule. Uh, yeah, I think they cut it still. I I I actually would have done at five maximum. That of, tight, yeah. I, seven. I think seven would have been good. 
yeah, Mickey well, Mantle's number? Yeah, problem except for Kyle Busch. Like, nobody else is running more right. than five races a year except for Kyle Busch, maybe seven or eight for Keselowski and uh, Logano and, and Kyle Larson's still within that five years, so he's allowed to run as many as he wants. I, I like the fact that they're eliminating having the Cup guys running when they say a, a, a win advances you to the championship. That's really a good idea because they what they really need to do is have a best-in-class for that anyway. You know, if you look at the Xfinity Series right now, you got a guy in Blake Cook, and I'm not, you know, being critical of Blake just be, to, to call him out. What I'm saying is he has the same chance of a championship right now without having a single top five finish, and I think only four top tens all season. He's got the same shot at winning a championship as some of the guys like Eric Jones have, and that it shows that that's not a good playoff system. It's it's ridiculous, but this rule at least will stop the fans whining about Kyle Busch winning every week. Well, Dennis, we he'll appre- only, he'll uh, only win ten next year. Yeah, <laughs> he'll go. Yeah, he'll go ten for ten. Dennis, thank you as always. You've been listening to Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. After 80 years of helping Wisconsin homeowners, Great Midwest Bank knows a thing or two about helping you buy, build, refinance, or renovate. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com. They're ready when you are. Dennis, real quickly, what's the latest on Race Talk Radio? Tuesday night, Thunder Crew with Lori Monroe and Mike Harper. Thursday night, Track Source Radio, and we'll have a Milwaukee kid, Sam Mayer, on as our uh, hometown racing hero on Wednesday. Tune in every day, Racetalkradio.com. We'll have something for you to listen to. Thank you, as always, Dennis. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Association. It is time now for Sports Flash with Mayor Mitch Ross. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.